Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of influencer marketing and branded content agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Lindsay Brownson, the founder of the agency Spark Collaborative and the host of the Spark and Victory podcast. Lindsay is a coach and creative director who helps entrepreneurs banish burnout and boredom by rekindling their spark of genius, which we can all use, right? Today, we're going to talk about surprising and delighting your customers. Lindsay believes that small businesses are fueled by their mission and the people they want to serve, but often get lost in the tactical or inside-the-box methods of thinking about their people, which becomes boring to everyone. We'll learn what has worked from Lindsay's experience, what maybe could be avoided, and where people are missing the mark. Lindsay, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much, Stacey, for that. and Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you here because I know that every business, including my own, could use a little bit more sparkle. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. So I am at this moment in my career, in my journey, I'm a life coach. I work with entrepreneurs and small business owners. um, And my whole mission is to help them fall in love and stay in love. That's really the bigger thing with their business, because I think I believe that that is really the core of what drives us when we are mission driven, that we need to have that continuous commitment and that feeling of passion and love for our business, because that's what radiates out into the world. And that's how we really serve our clients and customers. So I have, my background is that I've been in the branding world for many years. And before that I was in interior design and it's all sort of been an organic, um, tons of stories to tell, of course, along that process, an organic evolution for me of really finding those ways to stay committed and to follow my own evolution as my interests change and my skills developed and, you know, the client relationships that I built as those clients continued to need new and different things from me for me to really be able to continue to show up and serve them. And so one of the most powerful things I think in my business and in my story is that most of the clients that I currently have are clients that have been with me for the entirety of my business, which is almost 10 years, or for at least uh, four or five years. So it's a very interesting and I think unconventional, um, (laughs) unconventional story, but I've developed the business so that it's truly serving the people that I care about. That's awesome. That's really good. So what do you do? How do you help people? Like what? There's so many things that I was reading on your website that y'all offer. Like how do people kind of miss the mark on having some of this sparkle in their own business? You know, I think I really find that the analogy of like marriage or long-term relationships or even dating, I I find that that is such a great visual for us to explore the relationship that we have with businesses. Um, I think people miss the mark because honestly, they fall out of love. 
And I think that, you know, what, what happens when you start a business, you know, we start businesses because we're excited about something. We have a passion and we want to go and do something in the world. And as you get that going, the passion sort of starts to fade or you get more and more into like the day-to-day monotony of what, again, like what a relationship might look like in your life too. And if you're not actively participating in keeping that spark alive and you just continue going through the motions after a while, it, the, it starts to fizzle out. And we get so often, I see entrepreneurs get to this place and the time varies, you know, but it's around like three, four, five years into their business where it's like, they've finally gotten traction. They've got the, the clients and customers that they want and things are going pretty well, but it doesn't feel good anymore. And that they're trying to, they try to apply the same, the same tactics, the same methods that they used to use in their business in, in the situation now, and they're just not working anymore. And that really creates this sense of disconnect of like, why am I here? What is this even for? And so the, I, the thing that we really help people with the most fundamentally is we help them reconnect to their purpose as it looks now. And so it's, it's sometimes it's very difficult for entrepreneurs to do because they've shifted they've shifted gears. They're in a different place now than when they started, but they're afraid to kind of acknowledge what's really like fueling them, what really feels good to them now, because they feel like it's maybe abandoning what they've already built. Um, and sometimes it is honestly. And, and, but many times it's not many times it's just about really like finding the new way that they can express that purpose within the business that they have and what that might look like. So that's what we help people do is we help them really come back to their core and to, to get very committed to their own interests and their own passion and desire so that they can implement it in their business in a way that works for them now and to move forward with. And we do that. We do that through coaching. We also do that through branding. So branding is a big part of um, the services that we offer and the process that we go through. So the very first thing that I'm hearing you say is, you know, what someone's purpose might have been when they first started their business, whether that's three years, four years, or even a decade ago, might be different than what their purpose is today. So the very first step is actually figuring out your why of what you're doing. Of why are you doing it? What's the purpose? What are you trying to provide? And so how would you, for all of our listeners, suggest besides pulling out a big sheet of paper and starting to write, how would you suggest starting there? Like, what is the first step to get to that vision of really digging into yourself and seeing if you're off the tracks a little bit from where you used to be and maybe on a better train track? That is a great question. So I think that there's a little bit of a practice that needs to be implemented. Each of us need to come to this place where, first of all, I think acknowledging that your purpose and your why may be different now, I think that's the number one thing. Because like I said, I I think a lot of people really do struggle to even get to that place where they can say, maybe I don't love this thing anymore and I've got to look at something else. And as soon as you're there, that's a really good moment for you to start exploring to start like playing a little bit with ideas of you know what what brings me energy and who brings me energy and i think that's a big part of it as well is like to start to think about where do i enjoy spending my time or what are the areas of my business that do light me up 
Um, and to, I like, it's a little bit of a spaghetti at the wall kind of thing, but just to be willing to start to play again. And so there's, there's a thing that we do um, called business parties. And the whole purpose of the business parties is to bring people into a space where we're playing games. We're just doing like creative thought exercises. Sometimes there's doodling involved. Sometimes it's, you know, so sometimes it's physically creative. Sometimes it's just like energetically creative or just sharing stories. There's all of these different ways that we are able to like tap into our creativity to start to see like what in this feels good instead of the the approach where you're saying well the way that i used to market to get new clients really isn't bringing me the clients i want anymore so what are the three steps that i should do to get the right clients and i find that so often that feels really limiting and then there's a lot of resistance like people do not want to do that because it doesn't feel good so when we can back off of the pressure of that a little bit and just start to like acknowledge and have this practice. And I honestly, when I say practice, I'm saying like every day, <laughs> like have this moment, create the space for yourself every day where you're asking the questions like, what is so freaking exciting to me today? Like what would make my day feel so amazing? Maybe it has nothing to do with your business. Sure. And, and I think too, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, like we want to be very productive. Um, and sometimes just take the pressure off of that. Like what feels really good? What would make this day feel good to me? And you can start to follow those threads to really see what the things are that are lighting you up in this moment. And to trust that your the next evolution of your business is going to be something that's very organic and natural. And that the people that you want to work with are going to respond to that stuff as well. And I'm assuming a lot of this of looking at what lights you up is also becoming more aware of what dims you. And what are the things and the tasks and that monotony of trying to, whether it's you're handling accounting or payroll, or you're doing sales calls and really you should be closing the calls and not trying to dig in and setting up cold calls or whatever it might be of the dailies of running your business mm -hmm. that now all of a sudden you're working in your business versus on your business and you're working harder than everyone else in your business probably at the same time. Yes. <laughs> I think that will probably always be the case for a lot of small businesses yeah. where you're always the one working a little bit harder than everyone else. And that's okay. And I think that, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Starting to look at the ways that you can back out of things that are definitely draining your energy and to, to ask the question of where you can sub people in. But I also want to warn you too, a lot of small business owners, when it comes to things like sales, and you mentioned like starting a sales conversation versus closing, that's a really good distinction to make. Um, I think in most cases, small business owners they do need to be the ones making the sales. If this is a person-to-person -person kind of relationship that you're building, um, and even if it's a, like a one-to-many relationship that you're building, I think so often business owners want to like cut out the part of their business where they're like, oh, that's I'm not good at that, or that's draining my energy, and I don't want to do it anymore. Someone else should do it. But they're missing, like this is the piece, this love and excitement that you feel, the purpose that you feel. When you tap into that, you're an amazing salesperson. Yeah. Like you don't just need to hire somebody to replace you. You need to tap into what really drives you because that's what, that's where magic happens. It is. And I love that, that you said that's where magic happens because that is one of my catchphrases actually all the time. And it's true because, you know, you sit there, from my own experience, you sit there and if you are, again, locked down in all the monotony, 
it's very hard to find the room to have the passion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would like to offer that if that's how it feels, it's time to make some room. So what would you suggest someone who's listening do besides, you know, doodle and think and create? I bet there's some, some sharing you can give our listeners here to help them get on their pathway. Yeah. So I, I really do like to think of like the parallels of, of relationships and building a relationship with alongside with your business. So like the first rule of love is that you, you have to love yourself first, right? So to get that, to look for that reconnection to what do I, what do I love in my business? What are the things that, like you said, what are, what's lighting me up? What's taking my energy away and to be really, um, really committed to spending the energy on the things that light you up and to removing yourself from what doesn't, what doesn't light you up. And once you get into that place, then I want you to look at who your clients and customers are. And so you think about this, like, how do you want to connect with others? Is, is a relationship the way that you want to go with someone? Are you trying to bring in a large number of new clients or customers? Are you trying to build one-on-one -on -one relationships? Are you trying to evolve your current customers into another sort of relationship? And to really be clear on what, what everybody wants, like how's everybody going to win in this scenario? Um, and so to think about those people in the way that you would as though you were starting to date them or if you were married to them for a long time and how you like how you might want to spice things up and to think about this person in a way that gets you excited and i like to ask myself questions this is part of the practice i like to ask myself questions like i freaking love this client of mine because and Sometimes when, when I'm in this state where I'm feeling that disconnect, like this is a daily thing. I freaking love this person because, and I really want this person to feel a certain way when they interact with my business and to start to like, that's the brainstorming. So doodle or no doodle, there is some like creative brainstorming that's involved because you're spending some time really just acknowledging that this is a, this is an energetic connection that you're trying to make. And so to play around with that and to see what comes up and then that parlays into the tactical things. So there are tons of ways that you can surprise and delight your customers. And if you Google it, <laughs> you, you'll come up with lots of ideas. Maybe we should talk about some of like the, the good examples and some of the bad examples. That would be great. Um, okay, awesome. So I think that number one, the, the best way to surprise and delight people, like I said, is to think of one particular person and how you can um, invest some energy into them, not for any reason other than you want to make them feel a certain way. So you want to make them feel loved or you want to make them feel like you understand them or you want to make them feel like um, you built this particular product for them. And the, and I think the, where this really goes off track, it's, it's really difficult to do this when you're just thinking at scale. And so I think that's the number one mistake that small businesses make, especially when they're thinking about like, how do I surprise and delight my customer? They're trying to think of how do I surprise and delight 5,000 people? Mm -hmm. And we need to be clear on this one person, because if you can do it for one, you can do it for 10, you can do it for a thousand, right? But not until you can really do it for one. So I think they, um, the, the biggest reason that businesses 
struggle with this idea and making this an ongoing practice is because there is some challenge with the sustainability. This is actually a creative practice and, and it's an art form. And so you've got to be willing to play and you've got to be willing to spend the time and energy to really think about that person and how you can impact them. And so many people will come and say, well, I want to do this. Um, so should I create a spreadsheet or should I have a calendar um, for how I'm going to surprise and delight people? And I'm like, is that what you would do if you were, <laughs> if you're trying to like surprise your, your boyfriend or surprise your husband with something? No, you can't have a spreadsheet for that. That's not going to work, at least not in the beginning, right? So it's as soon as we try to remove the, the creativity and the true joy of creating for someone, then we get into that space where it really becomes um, contrived and it doesn't feel authentic and in it feels it feels like work to you and it definitely i promise you feels like work to the other person it doesn't feel right to the other person and actually i was just thinking um i watched an episode the other day of uh grace and frankie mm -hmm. that show on netflix yeah. and <laughs> there is a thing where um uh, Grace found out that her ex-husband had like a closet full of jewelry that he bought her. Like he went into her favorite jewelry store one day, bought out the entire store and packed it away in a closet so that he could deliver these presents to her, these little gifts for miscellaneous things. And so she opened the box and this had been like years ago, like early in their marriage. And she opened a box and one was like, I'm sorry you had a bad day. And she opened another box and it's like, congratulations on whatever. And so, and she realized that all of these presents that he had given her over the years were not coming from love at all, that they were just coming from the space where he thought he was like checking a box. It was like he had his spreadsheet and he just had his inventory of stuff to give out. And she was so upset. <laughs> And I think this is how businesses, because we're always trying to manage our time and, and we want to be really methodical and we want to have process behind it, um, businesses put a lot of that kind of energy into this action, into this activity, and it doesn't work that way. That so that's 100%. <laughs> so what are some good ways? All right. So um, I have a few, I think, really great examples. And I'm mostly going to, I want to share a couple of like small business examples that I've seen recently. Um, but one of the first things, because I do, I do really like this example. There's a juice company. Um, so this is on a broader scale and we're thinking about like social media, like, so going big. So, um, and I'll stick with my dating analogy here. So if you are, uh, if you're out on the market, so you think about it that way, you're out on the market, you want to reach lots of people and give them this great energy of yours. Um, this company is a juice company. I think it was called Suja Juice, S-U-J-A. Um, they did a campaign where they would search hashtags for people who were saying like, I'm having a bad day or I'm sick or like they would just have some kind of bummer happening in their life and they would send them a private message and give them a free juice. And I love that example because that's something where it's just like, that's a way if you need to be methodical about it, if you want to do a campaign around it, it's thinking about like, what is your person, what does this person need? What will make their day right now? And you can do that on kind of a bigger scale. But for the most part, I love it when small businesses are thinking, like a lot of these come up with like specific client gifts. Like there are, um, there are cookie companies that will do, like I know a lot of branding agencies because that's the world that I'm in. And they will send a whole box of custom made 
um, like character type cookies that have the company's logo that they just developed and maybe a little mascot and little messages and to send these very personalized kind of gifts. Um, I think that's really fun. I'm seeing a lot of right now, a lot of popularity with um, personal videos. So if you are, if somebody sends you a new client inquiry that you respond to them, not in an email, but you actually make them a little video um, or if they become a customer. And I just had this recently because I subscribed to, uh, it's a podcast called Sleep With Me Podcast. It's to help you fall asleep. And so I subscribed to their um, Patreon account and the host of the podcast made me a video and he made me a video and he sent it to me and told me like a little personal story. Um, not his personal story. He actually like made up a story to tell me in this little video. It's like a five minute thing. And that is, I mean, think of the like thousands of people or who even knows actually how many people are subscribed to this. And he took that five minutes out of his day to actually send me this personal video. And that meant a lot, right? Like I love stuff like this because it's so easy and we don't have to do this. It doesn't have to be a huge investment of time or money, but it's the thought. It, it literally is the thought that counts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love that and making like personal invitations the same way. So instead of sending out a blanket email out to your email list, inviting them to come join this course or program or workshop, that you're sending a personal message to them. And it's just that extra thing. Um, I love, like, I was on a podcast about a year ago. Um, this was Kick-Ass Masterminds. This is a great company. In fact, I think this company does it the best of anyone that I've seen in, in all different ways. But I went on their podcast about a year ago and a couple weeks after that recording, um, I got a little gift in the mail, which had this little, like, I think it was a citrine crystal in it. So it was like a prosperity crystal and a handwritten note. Thank you for coming on. Um, she sent me a few additional, they do really fun postcards, things that say, um, like you belong here and I believe in you. And like, it really took because their audience is entrepreneurs who are needing that, um, needing that community. Right. If you're thinking about joining a mastermind, you're looking for a group of like-minded people. And so to send these messages saying like, we hear you, we see you, we've built this thing for you is really, really incredible. And never underestimate the power of sending gifts <laughs> or things in the mail. Um, but even just like featuring people on your social media. So randomly, like I love one of my favorite things to do is to actually show my audience what podcasts I'm listening to and give them the three bullet points. Like here's what is amazing about this and why I think you should go and listen to it. And that is sharing other people's work that is giving my audience value and that's making this connection between people I know and uh, well, people I know, <laughs> people I know who are the podcast hosts and the audience that I have. And I love doing that for not just podcasts, but promoting other people's um, workshops and events and things just because I genuinely believe in them. Um, and that, that benefits everybody. So it's things like that. Yeah. And it's amazing how little things actually make people feel good. I mean, it's, it's our whole world of social connectivity now, even LinkedIn, right? So everyone who's listening should have a LinkedIn account because if you're in business, you need a LinkedIn account, but spending the time and the moments to go in and whether they're the clients that are connected to you or the clients you want to be connected with and just looking at what people put in their feed 
and not just liking it, but actually commenting on it or sharing it and letting them know that you are the blank wall that they're throwing this out to. There's an actual person who is there and who's interested and who is taking an opinion or a moment of time to just say, oh my gosh, great idea. Loved what you said. Oh, this is my experience. And it's amazing how that changes our connections now. Absolutely. Oh, yes. You said that so well. And it is just, we all just want to be seen. That's really the fundamental human desire is that we want to be seen. We want to know that like what we experience, that that's a shared experience with others. And it's so overlooked. It still really is. Um, As much time as we spend on social media, it's still like, you know, it's so easy to just throw somebody a like, but just as you said, you take a few moments to really show someone, hey, I'm paying attention and that will make people's day. And I'm assuming that goes with your clients in your real life too, right? I mean, I'm thinking back on clients that we work with and, you know, employees also, because this mm-hmm. can be employees who work with you. And it, it does go above and beyond. And it does mean a lot if you do the birthday cake or you take that moment to celebrate or you just pause and remember that it's not all about work. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the, the element of surprise, I think, is an essential part of this, too. And that's why this is a state of being. This is a practice for you to want to genuinely you know, show people that you care in different ways all of the time, as often as it comes up. Um, And that's not at all meant to be overwhelming. That's meant to be a very empowering and enlivening kind of thing. So are there any bad ways you've seen people approach this? Are there any ways that you've seen people make absolute mistakes in trying to do this? You know, I think the, the biggest thing is... I, I hate to say when I don't like things, I'm much better at like promoting and being excited about things, but companies like, um, send out cards. That's just something that has always like really rubbed me the wrong way. Cause because conceptually, so send out cards is a company where you import the addresses for your client list, your contact list, whatever. And special dates and they'll just send cards and you can choose to have cards sent that have a handwritten, um, you know, your fake signature on it um, and stuff like that. But it's, to me, it's anytime this is contrived, it's methodical. If there is no element of surprise, like I do, I like sending my clients um, business birthday cards. I don't generally send them birthday birthday cards, but I do like business birthday cards because I like to acknowledge that. But even that, it's like, we already know what's happening here. I would rather send, I like to send people things that are unexpected, such as you adopted your dog a year ago. So I'm going to send you a puppy anniversary card um, and or or make a video and things like that. So the being contrived and being methodical and being expected, it's like the the it's a nice gesture, but it doesn't mean anything. And so I think when companies try to do this en masse, I also think that companies really get caught up in the idea of like, well, I'm giving you something, so you should want it. So it's, you put out this massive, like, you can get this for free. It's for you. Look what we made for you. And they're just sort of shoving this free thing in your face. And you're like, well, that's not a gift. (laughs) 
that's an obligation. I don't want that. Um, so I just, I see it with, I see it with small businesses who are trying to mimic big businesses yeah. doing it that way. And that's the way that I think just doesn't really feel good to anybody. Okay. Are there any other ways that you can add spark or should be looking at ways to add spark to your business? Being willing to listen to people mm-hmm. will give you endless ideas and really the inspiration. So when you, when you kind of step back from looking for inspiration to other people who are doing what you do. So we spend a lot of time looking at what other businesses, like I spend a lot of time looking at what other coaches do. Right. And when I shift out of that and I start really looking at what my people, the people that I care the most about, what is on their minds, what they're talking about, what they're posting about, what they're asking for. And to really be in that frame of mind, that's what gives me energy. That's where the spark really comes alive for me because then I'm like, ah, okay. So I've seen three people just in the last two days talk about how they want to do some spring cleaning because they're starting to really feel the weight of the winter and like the whole Marie Kondo movement and all. So I'm noticing some of the patterns and what people are talking about. That energizes me because I'm like, that's so interesting. I was thinking about that too. And maybe we can talk about this and maybe there's a workshop we could do. And you know, it just, it starts to energize you in ways that you don't know what's going to come up, um, but you're looking for that inspiration from the people that you are actually trying to serve. Because you're actually connecting with them and you're taking yourself out of the day-to-day of your business to interact with your business. Yes. So is this something that you as the owner, is this something that is solely up to you or how do you enthuse your entire culture of your company into having the same outlook and to taking it upon themselves to actually do these things too. So it's not just you always trying to come up with, how am I going to excite and make everyone happy? How do you get it so that it's within your company culture? Yeah, that's great. So with anything, of course it does start with you. You're right. Um, And so I think that you being, you embodying that energy of we are here to serve. We actually get our energy back by what we put out in the world. Um, And really starting with that mentality and sharing that with everybody within your team. So I think that, you know, bringing this up, having this concept on your regular meetings with your people, with anybody in your team, mm-hmm. um, talking about like, Hey, here's what, um, or what has, what have you guys been noticing? If you're talking, I, if you've got a customer service team, that is the best place to start, right? What are your customers telling your staff about what's happening in their experience? What's going on over there? So really that's a great empowering place to start is to, to hear some of that. Um, but asking your people, what are you noticing out in the world? And what are you noticing? Again, it's not always about work. What are you noticing in the trends right now in our culture? What are people, what's on people's minds? What are some of the books that are coming out in the marketplace that people are talking about? Um, that are interesting concepts for us to talk about. And so just bringing all of that stuff into the conversation to get people thinking on this more holistic level and to say, okay, how can we use some of this? How can we take this information that you've been seeing in the world and start to put that into a way that we talk to our customers? And so, of course, it's going to look a little bit different for everybody based on the departments that they're in. 
Um, but your marketing team is going to have ideas on how that could translate your um, business development and your, your uh, R&D department. They are going to have ways that they could implement some of those things. And so fostering this conversation, I think, is what's really important to, to make it part of that ongoing culture. When you have this culture, you are going to have a more positive employee base. They're going to want to stick around because they are actually contributing as they're growing, as they're working with you, and they're getting this energy share. So it works to help build them up. And then you're also going to be working and connecting better with your clients who work with you. And they're going to start looking at you a little less like, oh, this is a company. And let's say the day comes where there's a hiccup and things don't go so well they're going to still remember you as an individual and that they like you as a personal versus just saying, oh, this company kind of had a miss and yeah, maybe we should start reconsidering who we're working with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that goes for anything in, in your company. Um, and different company cultures have different levels of that. And so it definitely depends on how you run your team, how you want your people to be. But yeah, the, the personal relationship, I think that is the number one reason that people stay. We think it's that people stay for the money. I think people do stay because they feel that commitment. They feel that level of connection, even if they're not happy 100%. Right. <laughs> they have that sense of loyalty to the companies. We want to be part of a tribe and company culture is a tribe. That's very important. Okay. What else can business owners do? What are other suggestions that you have? Any moment that we are willing to continually explore our own potential for growth and happiness and satisfaction, I think that's the worthy investment. And so that looks like many different things. For some people, that's really about going to conferences and going on retreats um, or creating retreats. So if we're talking about having teams, creating that kind of retreat and the space where it's less about work, it's more about wellness and feeling good and getting tapped into our creativity. Um, that's all really important. I love going to live events um, as a company that works 100% on the internet. It's really important for me to get offline. And when I don't do that, that's when I start to find that my passion dwindles as well, because I need that live energy around me. Um, and sometimes it's investing in coaches and it's joining masterminds and it's uh, sometimes it's taking courses. It's whatever feels in the moment, like it's going to be a, the stretch for you to move into a new level of thinking and a new way of understanding your work. That's worth exploring. I don't think you have to be burnt out or totally bored with your business in order for you to be like, hey, I want to make things better. This is just like the relationship analogy again. You can always have that desire to keep things interesting and to keep growing and evolving and seeing like, what else can I do that's going to light me up? And I, I mean, we have infinite possibilities for how we can do that, how we learn and how we experience things. And so some of my favorite ones definitely are, I love working with coaches and I, I'm not biased as a coach. I think that is one of the most 
monumental shifts that I've ever made in my own life um, is to work with somebody who really created that space for me and helped me see my own mind in a different way and learn how to use it in a different way. I think that's so important for businesses who are in this phase where they're really growing, they're looking at what's next. Um, masterminds are extremely important and live events. I think those are my top three things right now that I really think make a huge difference and big impact in people's lives. Yeah. And I can't say I have a group of agency owners that I meet with twice a year and we download and get dirty into our businesses. And, you know, the biggest charge for me on that, and, you know, it has someone who leads the whole program, but it's not only that we're sharing all of the things that are going on that we need to fix in our business and what our financials are, what issues we have with employees or anything along those lines, we're getting super helpful advice from everyone else, but you also get such a sense of community and you're not doing it by yourself. And that's what all these groups out there that allow you to connect where you can just not feel like you're doing it alone, even if they're doing something totally different than you. Yes. Yes. It's so amazing that no matter what, we always still have that thought in the back of our minds. I was at um, a live event a few months ago and there were 50 of us in the room and the facilitator said, raise your hand if, I mean, everyone in the room has been in business at least four or five years, raise your hand in the room if you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah every single hand shot up. And she's like, look around here and, and acknowledge us. We all have this sense because we are, we are visionaries and we are leading the show. And so we're very much in our own minds, which is great in a number of ways. And we need that reminder that, yeah, you've got other people out there who are experiencing the same thing. Well, even finding out that, you know, the biggest discovery I think for myself was, you know, one never taught me how to be an agency owner. No one ever gave me a path of this is how you need to do. You know, I just did. And I thought that there were a lot of things that I did over the years that were just colossal fails in my learning. And, you know, there were some hiccups along the way. But it was taking, it was listening to other people and what other people consider their colossal fails that put my colossal fails actually in perspective as not being so colossal sometimes. And so it's nice to actually have a community to banter back and forth with and share where you find out there are some things that, oh, that was a crash and burn and other things that, you know, actually that wasn't so bad. You're doing pretty well. Your books are what? You're really doing pretty well compared to where you think you should be because we all have these unrealistic expectations of what reality should be versus what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so true. It's hilarious and, and so real. Well, you know, I loved our conversation just now, and I know that our listeners would like to learn a little bit more about what you have to offer and learn a little bit more about you and how to contact you. Can you share some details? You can find me online. Uh, my website is Spark Collaborative. And that's where we hang out, do lots of fun stuff. I also, I have a podcast called Spark and Victory, and it is all about helping Maverick entrepreneurs stay in the game and keep this momentum. Um, so that's a really great spot where we have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs who tell their stories, just like you're saying, Stacey, who tell their stories that we can really relate to. Um, and I think that's so valuable. Like we can't even put a price tag on that. So Spark and Victory podcast, great place online. Um, 
And I am running Business Parties, which is our online workshop series. Um, we're doing one a month right now where we get together and they, they have different themes, but they're primarily around doing some of those creative activities. Um, I tailor these towards the group. It's a small group of about five people. So we get together, we play games, we do something very specific to help you take an action step in your business. Um, so those are really fun, great ways to get re-energized to come up with messaging copy to come up with new services, whatever it is that we're working on. It's a really great place to do that. So that's where you can find me also, um, sparkandvictory.com and sparkcollaborative.com. Awesome. And then all this will be in our podcast show notes too, in case anyone is not writing as they're driving. But I want to thank Lindsay so much today for joining us. And I know all of you learned, I learned, so you had to have learned something from this because I found tremendous value out of it. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I greatly enjoyed our time and look forward to speaking with you in the near future. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey.